Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of you Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck. Yes, I'm a dad, Thompson. Just talking to Nate before the show. Nate, the other guy here, Nate Paul. Not a dad, Nate. Nate Paul Thurston, not a dad. He was upset that, you know, I've I've got a lot of things I got to juggle, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm very mad about it. we, We own a business. I'm dadding over here. We got all kinds of things going on. We're in the new office, and this place looks like an absolute disaster. Yeah. That we've got to fix up. We got somebody coming in on the studio on Friday. Today's Wednesday. So we have tomorrow to get everything. We don't have anywhere for them to sit. And Nate's upset that, you know, I got to leave. I had to take a call right before we started, and it's just the way things go sometimes. All right. It's okay. Just like this morning, we had one of our, our friends in the trading academy, the Liberty Trading Academy, who was looking on the bright side. Today was a losing trade, and he said, you know what? At least it happened quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's my guy. Yep, that's Always we- looking on the bright side. <laughs> that's that is me. the way to do it. You don't want the loss to happen slowly yeah, all day. Yeah, you don't want to stare at it Get all it day and be with. like, oh, God, yep. I lost. You might as well, if you're going to lose, lose quickly. Kind of like the election in California exactly. last night, right? <laughs> it's right. not dragging on anymore. Mm-mm. Larry Elder's already conceded. That's right. And so we're not going to make this loss carry on for a month or so. It's just it's just. Hey, then gone. people in California went to the ballots and they were like, how about no? That is, that is what and they, they said. voted no. You want to go ahead and tell everyone about that? It's disappointing. I don't know what you thought was going to... I I know it's easy to say this after the fact, but I never thought that Larry Elder had a chance, but that's just because Gavin Newsom was already an elected Democrat and he wasn't running against uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger on the ticket or anything like that. So I really didn't think that there was a chance it was going to happen with uh, there being so many more Democrats there in California. It would have been nice. I would have preferred that to be the outcome for sure. I honestly think Californians are transphobic. Yeah, that's what it is. The fact that Caitlyn Jenner did not win Mm -hmm. over Gavin Newsom. And it's only because... Because they're transphobic. Mm -hmm. And that's disgusting. Mm -hmm. Absolutely disgusting. Before we get into that, I want to tell you guys, as Nate and I said, this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to, which is very important because sometimes we don't want to or we can't. All right? (laughs) And that's just the way it goes. So we appreciate all you all sticking around, sharing the show with your friends because them numbers are climbing. Subscribe to the podcast and to life and liberty <laughs> and meaning. Yeah. That's what you do when you hit that subscribe button. You're describing to life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. I mean, that's what we do over here. So hit that subscribe button. Don't be part of the whore percent. And, uh, you know, hang out with us every single day. And if you want, you could even join us live. You could. GoodMorningLiberty.locals.com. That's all I'm going to say about that. GoodMorningLiberty.locals.com. GoodMorningLiberty.locals.com. This is not an ad. It's not an ad. All, all right, right. Tell everyone what happened with the election, from, and then we'll move on to the couple things that we can talk about today. From the WAPO, thanks, Jeff. California Governor Gavin Newsom defeats the recall effort to remove him from office. California Governor Gavin Newsom defeated a recall campaign against him Tuesday thanks to a large Democratic turnout and broad fears within the state over the surging coronavirus pandemic, along with Kamala Harris saying that they will not let him lose. That was a really poor choice of words, yeah. Um, Newsom rode a large Democratic turnout 
which sounds disgusting if you think about it another way. Broad fears about black or trans people running, yeah. the, running the state is, is why he won. Which he and his proxies worked on ensuring for months in his very blue state. Even more important were public fears over the new wave of coronavirus cases. Just cases, not deaths, by the way. Deaths this year are down, comparatively. He has been among the most aggressive governors in the nation in demanding vaccinations and mask wearing, except for himself. <laughs> I'm just ad-living in here, by the way, because yeah. it's fun. Policies his Republican rivals opposed. Because they want people to die. They're, they're murderous, of course, murderous you, individuals. Exactly. If you yeah. were voting, uh, by the way, those of you who live in California know this. Those of you who don't probably don't know this. If you were voting for Gavin Newsom to stay as governor, then when you went to the poll, you voted no. Mm. Meaning you didn't want him to be recalled and you didn't vote for someone else. Maybe that was the confusion so, there. People were just saying yes, because they wanted them to be recalled. They're like, I thought we were voting on whether or not we should recall him. They probably did that on purpose, a little reverse psychology <laughs> there. And so, of course, Gavin Newsom comes out, and um, he, he was he, he turned the negative into a positive, because you were voting no, but he was like, what did we say yes to? Which is, by the way, is good. That's really good marketing, mm-hmm. really good sales tactics. Quote, we said yes to all those things we hold dear as Californians. Like removing Newsom people's liberty against their will. It's a California dream. We have so much more in common as a state and a nation than we give ourselves credit for. Meaning we're one step closer to tyranny. That's what he's really saying. The Republican frontrunner, conservative radio talk show host Larry Elder conceded more than two hours after the polls closed, telling disappointed supporters, let's be gracious in defeat. We may have lost the battle, but we are going to win the war, Elder said, hinting at another run slash Republicans have all the guns. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to win the war. If it ever turns into that. I'm not saying we should do that. At least he didn't say the words fight. Yeah, he didn't. That's good. Newsom will stay in office for another year. He is expected to seek re-election in 2022. I also heard rumors of him uh, vying for a presidential bid sometime soon, which is just what we need. With an estimated uh, two-thirds of the vote counted, the no vote against recalling, or realling, as this article says, <laughs> what it says. Newsom was ahead by more than 28 percentage points. Reeling, I think, is just what it would be. Yeah. Many of those votes were early mail-in ballots. Really? Early mail-in ballots. Which were heavily many of the favored Democrats. The day of voting has yet to be fully counted, but the state's traditional voting pattern appeared to be holding true with more conservative inland residents favoring Newsom's recall and voters on the more populated liberal Pacific coast opposing it. So there you well, have it, folks. There you go. California is going to keep slipping slowly into the ocean over there, and there's nothing that we can do about it. They can, they can have it. Y'all can have California. Sure can. Okay. It's a beautiful coast though. Is it, Amanda, is it time for us to invade California though? Do we need to, do we need to bring them some liberty out there with our, with our tanks rolling across the border? I'm not saying, <laughs> that was a quick yes. You were ready for that one. Okay. So that is disappointing. We obviously would have liked to see Larry Elder win that. Uh, he did not win that. And I hope he runs for some more elections. And one little thing I wanted to say, you know, he's more. Did you see what she said, by the way? Who? Amanda. Oh, she said yes. No, but she said that she voted in person and heard multiple people coming in and asking to cancel their ballots and vote in person. Mm, okay. That's interesting. How do you keep track of that? 
I know, Charlie, you just always want to spew these election conspiracies out there. But I'm asking questions. Sometimes your guy loses, okay? That I, just happens. I didn't have a guy. Someone has to lose. I don't have a guy or a gal. Because he's black. Or a trans. Okay. I don't have anyone in the race. I don't live in California. Okay, I got I'm you. just asking the question. All right. I'm just asking. I'm, if, I'm a little confused by your motives here. All I'm saying is if I were to steal an election, what's the smartest way I could do that? Have send in a mail-in ballot and then go in and be like hey can you cancel that please what's your name according to carlos according to according according to democrats the only way to steal an election is if you require people to prove who they are before they vote that's the that's only. actually how you steal an election yeah. that's the way you do it yeah i don't uh, i don't like it and he is a obviously pretty uh, libertarian guy he doesn't you know he's not a member of the libertarian party or anything but he's pretty, no elder oh okay pretty, li- pretty just wanted you to clarify guy. that and uh, and you know I will still I will still hold fast on this to all you hardliner big L's out there. It was more beneficial to have Larry Elder as a Republican in California than Larry Elder as a Libertarian in California. I will still say that because no one would have even been talking about him at all if he would have been running as a Libertarian out there. I think if you actually want to do it's it's crazy. You know I don't know if you listen to the debate or conversation between Dave Smith. And uh, Jason Stapleton on on Lines of Liberty the other day, but they were talking and it's so crazy still to hear Dave Smith uh, say that we don't need libertarians to run as Republicans, but he will mention a Republican 40 times in the time that he's talking. He will mention a Republican that inspired so many people to join the Libertarian Party 40 times and then also say that you don't need a Libertarian to run as a Republican. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. I I don't know. Uh, Ron Paul. That's who I'm talking no, about. I know, yeah, yeah, I knew that. It's 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 annoying. I will add on to that and say it's also better that Newsom won as a Democrat and not a Libertarian. Yeah. All right? Because <laughs> it, it actually matters the principles behind the person. The party doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't care. What does the person stand for? What are their principles? Okay, that's what's actually important. Because would Libertarians be rejoicing around the globe if Newsom ran as a Libertarian and, and won or he switched parties? He's like, oh, I'm a Libertarian now. No. And no. still holds the same policies? No. It's, it's the ideas that actually matter. It, exactly. Yeah. There That's we a good go. point. Good point. Okay, we'll move on to... Uh, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the one you wanted to read. Is that how you ordered these? I did. Well, because I don't want to make you read something that you might disagree with the entire time. So I'm, I'm just not going to... I'm not going to put that evil on you. Uh, yeah. So, so I I'm, might agree and disagree at the same time. I think you, I think I can you do might. That. I want to say the reason I'm bringing this up is not to say that I have conclusive evidence that it's a bad thing for kids to wear masks in schools. But what I will say is what's going on with this Huffington Post article right now is not what you want. I will say that this is wrong. This one is called Our School Board Refused to Mandate Masks. Now things are bad, really bad. And so the implication here is since our, our, since our school board refused to mandate masks, our school is going through a really tough time with COVID. The further implication there is if we would have been wearing masks at our school, then things wouldn't be bad right now. And there is little to no evidence of that, really just no evidence. Against the advice, I'm just going to skip right in here. Most of the article is this girl talking about how... Uh, sad it is and terrible to see the kids going through the quarantine and then back to school and they're missing time with their friends and all this is so terrible and, and very sad. And she gets down to where the blame lies with what's going on. Against the advice of the CDC, 
It's a, you know, I've been thinking, we call it the CDC, but there's also the AM prevention. So we can't, can we just call it the CDCP now? I think that that would be better. Yeah. Why won't they put the P in there? I don't know. It sounds like too much like China, right? Well, because they have the FBI, the CIA, the NSA. I'm just saying, all, it has to be three letters. Uh, okay. I got you. Well, so, the CDCP is out there that, and the, let's see. The State Health and Human Services Toolkit, our local health department and our school nurses, our local school board has decided not to require masks. As a result, roughly 10% of our school community is in quarantine. Based on our district's COVID policy, most of these children would not be in quarantine if their classmates had been wearing masks. Now, listen to how she words this. Based on our district's COVID policy, most of these children would not be in quarantine if their classmates had been wearing masks. She doesn't say based on the available scientific evidence. She doesn't say based on all the evidence we have around the country. She says based on our COVID policy, these children would not be in quarantine if they would have been wearing masks. That is not proof of so. I can't make a crappy policy and then we don't we don't follow it. And then something bad, I'm going to say, well, I don't Based on our policy, if we would have followed this, then nothing bad would have happened. Yeah. You know? That's uh, like your that's like your building burning down. Like, I followed all the fire codes. Yeah. Our policy is for the building to not burn down. And yeah. yeah. So I can't explain why it burned down because it shouldn't have. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it says it right here in our policy. And if we would have fit if we would have just made some kind of policy against murder or something, no one would have ever been murdered. And that that's exactly, exactly what's happening. An estimate of the incidence rate within our school system is 1,175 per 100,000, almost six times the CDC's threshold for highest risk of transmission in schools. And then she goes on how she's making call after call, telling people that their child has been exposed and all that. Like I'm saying, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to read this thing about the evidence supporting mask mandates in schools. This is actually from the Chicago Sun-Times, uh, not an extremely right-wing leaning newspaper, but the, the, the title of it is The Evidence Supporting Mask Mandates in Schools is Weaker Than Biden Pretends. So they say the Biden, Biden's, the Biden, if you want to do that, Biden's framing implies that school officials are indisputably protecting our children by forcing them to cover their faces all day, and that anyone who suggests otherwise is motivated only by crass partisan motives. Yet the evidence that the public health benefits of universal masking in K-12 schools outweigh its costs is far less impressive than the president suggests. Other governments seem to recognize that fact, as David Zwig notes in New York Magazine, Many of America's peer nations around the world, including the UK, Ireland, all of Scandinavia, France, the Netherlands, Switzerland, and Italy, have exempted kids from varying, uh, from varying age cutoffs, with varying age cutoffs, from wearing masks in classrooms, without experiencing more school-related COVID-19 outbreaks than the U.S. has been. That's a decent, a decent point right there. I mean, it's not exactly a scientific study or anything, but hey, all these countries have exempted kids from wearing masks, and they're not... They're not having more COVID-19 outbreaks than the U.S. is. Uh, I don't, uh, why wouldn't they be? They've got it everywhere else. It's not more in the schools than everyone else has been. This girl said in the previous article that if they would have been wearing masks, then those kids wouldn't be in quarantine. Because of the policy. Because of the policy. The COVID would have been like, oh, <laughs> the policy. I forgot about the policy. I can't, can't. My bad. I can't be in here. It's like having a no gun sign. Can't say it here. <laughs> The latest guidance from the CDC, by contrast, recommends that everyone, regardless of age or vaccination status, wear face masks in K-12 schools, but the studies the CDC cites to justify that stance generally were not designed to test the effectiveness of mask mandates. One problem with those studies is that the schools they examined typically implemented several COVID-19 safeguards simultaneously. 
So there was no way of knowing whether any perceived benefits could be attributed specifically to masking. Another problem, almost none of the studies compared schools with mask mandates to otherwise similar schools without them. Again, making causal inferences impossible. By the way, at the end of the study that the CDC cites, which was a 90,000 student study in Georgia, that's the one that they are citing. At the very end of it, it says the data from this cross-sectional study cannot be used to infer causal relationships. So that is not made up. They are literally saying that correlation does not does not mean causation here. And this is just something we're going to post to use to make mandates. But hopefully none of you will read to the end of this. One, one exception was the CDC study of Georgia schools published in May, which found that COVID-19 infection was 37% less common in schools that required teachers and other staff members to wear masks, similar to the difference associated with improved ventilation. But that study found that requiring students to wear masks was not associated with a statistically significant reduction in case rates. Meaning one thing that they've been seeing is that actually if they just have the teachers wear masks, then they're seeing the case rates go down a, much in the, a bunch. And the ones where they are having no one wear masks, they do have more. But if they just have the teachers wear masks, then that's been the same as having the teachers and the students wear the masks. So in Florida, the CDC found that school districts without mask mandates had higher infection rates. But the researchers noted that those were smaller districts. They were less likely to require masks. And they also had a higher proportion of students attending in-person instruction than the ones that had the mask mandates, which likewise was positively correlated with the student case rate. The CDC says most studies have shown success in limiting transmission in schools involved said that most studies that have shown the success involved prevention strategies that included requiring staff or staff only or staff and students to wear masks. The implication, of course, is that some schools had success in limiting transmission, even without mask mandates or with mandates that did not apply to students. The only reason I'm saying this matters right now is because when you get to put a whole article in the Huffington Post, a very largely circulated online paper, whatever you want to call it, and say that if we just would have worn masks, then none of these students would be in quarantine. There is not really any evidence to show that that's the case. And so you don't just get to say our school board's killing people or our school board's getting everyone sick or our local health department's killing people or getting everyone sick when the people who uh, also weren't wearing masks are, got the same thing, or they have masks and they've also got the same transmission rate. Look, and I'll be the first to tell you, I'm vaccinated and I usually wear a mask and I still got COVID. You did. Okay. And let me say this for the people listening to the podcast in the back. Okay. <laughs> uh, regardless of how you twist my words. All right. <laughs> I am completely against mandates of any form of yeah. any kind masks, vaccines any just because i think it's a good idea to wear a mask or get a vaccine doesn't mean i want the government to require that those are two totally separate things okay and we can argue about whether or not the you know the mayo study is correct and the droplets and this and that or or whatever okay we can argue all those semantics all day long i am completely against mandates so i actually don't disagree with anything this was talking about how about that Okay, because Charlie has turned a corner. I have not away I, from statism. I've been the same <laughs> the whole time. People just that people don't like that. I say uh, maybe morally you should, or I would recommend that you get the vaccine, but I'm not going to force you to do anything. I would say that with the vaccine, I have not seen the studies that will make me do that with masks. Like if I could say that I think it actually does something and beneficial, then I could say morally I will wear a mask when I go out and, and I should do that. 
But I will not say that just making people feel better is something I have to morally adhere to when the, when it's not when it's not actually rooted in in science and in the data. I understand that you can stop the larger droplets and all that. I'm not I'm not arguing that a mask will not lower the amount of particles that are going into the air in a scientific study where everyone's wearing a nice perfect mask over their mouths and they're testing right here. Let's test and see how many droplets go yeah, back Yeah, wearing properly is, but, is important. But will it ever happen in the real world scenario? We don't have any data to support it happening in the real world scenario. So well, I that's because most people, when they go to talk, they pull their mask down. I know. I know. <laughs> I, know. Like, I literally have seen Biden pull his mask down the sneeze before. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's impressive. <laughs> yeah. It's that's uh, why it has to be proper mask yeah. wearing. But but look, it, it you know, kids aren't really going to do it anyway. Kids don't even wear their shoes properly. All right? <laughs> like uh, my my son still can't pull up his pants correctly, okay? <laughs> so it's like they they don't they wipe their nose on their desks and mm-hmm. papers and whatever. Like that's just what kids do. You you expect them to wear a mask properly? Like no. Um but but the thing about it is, is I think it should be left up to the parents. It should be left up to the parents, whether or not to send your kid to school, whether or not to send your school kid to school in a mask. And if you're afraid that other people aren't going to send their kids to school in a mask and you think it needs to be done, then don't send your kid to school. And it's um, as simple as that. And then get arrested. And and really we're, we're arguing about the wrong thing, which is, you know, why is this an issue anyway? It's, well, we have government schools, okay? That, that really is That's the biggest the actual issue. problem, yeah. right? That's because true. if we had private education, uh, none of this would be up for this. We wouldn't be talking about this, okay? So the root cause of the actual issue is that we've made something that should have never been public, public, and now we have to have a public debate about it. And the truth of the matter is, when it comes to liberty, uh, the government shouldn't be mandating any of those things. Do you have uh, do you have a couple minutes to go through this crazy thing that Department of Health and Human Services is doing? Oh yeah, I'm they, good. I'm good for the next uh, probably twenty minutes. Okay, yeah. okay. I didn't realize you had that much time. Yeah. Um, this so is, we could do like a 45, 50 minute episode. Oh okay. Well, this is reminiscent of when they decided that only they were going to test people for coronavirus there at the beginning. Uh, they're doing something crazy with the whole monoclonal antibodies thing right now that uh, should make anyone who wants a free market pretty upset about things. We don't have a free market in the healthcare system. I don't know if any of you guys know that. But um, this is from The Blaze, Charles, if you want to go through this. There's love. A, some words in here I wanted to hear you say. Thanks, Glenn. And thanks, Nate. Uh, from The Blaze, HHS is reviewing all doctor's orders for, uh, is it monoclonal? Yeah. Monoclonal antibodies. Antibodies. A Republican lawmaker is demanding to know why the Biden administration appears to be limiting the ability of doctors to order early treatment medications for COVID-19 patients. Uh, Representative Chip Roy. Oh, Chip. Oh, Chip. Oh, Chip. On Monday, sent a letter to the HHS Secretary Javier Becerra inquiring about the... You like that? That was good. Yeah, it was so good. Inquiring about... The recent change in their policy that limits orders and shipments of monoclonal antibody treatments to HHS-approved administration sites. So this is the antibody infusion, which, uh, by the way, my dad's wife uh, got when she got COVID. And it seems to be pretty effective. I've uh, been literally she was sick for two days and then felt great. Yeah. You just actually get some some antibodies put right in your body, and they go then they go to work. Uh, quote, as you know, antibody treatments such as, <laughs> 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 I 
What? Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> I was trying to pronounce this all day when I was reading this article. I got you. And I don't worry. And it's just, uh, it's fun. It's a fun word. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's Bamlanivimab. Bamlanivimab. Bamalamavinimab. Yes. And Estivimab. Well, let's just call it MAB. And all of these other MABs <laughs> were approved under the EUA, the Emergency Use Authorizations, and have been shown to be effective in treating COVID-19 patients, Roy wrote to Becerra. Providers across the country, including providers in Texas, have utilized these treatments, aiding in an effective treatment of COVID-19 patients. Unfortunately, numerous doctors and healthcare professionals who serve COVID-19 patients are reportedly being denied or limited orders for these treatments by HHS, he wrote. Monoclonal antibody MAB, that's why all these have MABs on the end of them, which stands for monoclonal antibody. Therapy is a treatment for COVID-19 that studies have shown is effective at reducing the risk of hospitalization and death for patients with mild to moderate illness who receive early treatment. The FDA has granted emergency use for these MAB therapies to treat mild to moderate COVID-19 in adults and children older than 12. And the treatment has been promoted across the ideological spectrum by figures like the one and only Dr. Anthony Fauci and the infamous Florida governor, Ron DeSantis. So both of them have talked about how beneficial this mm. is. On the 3rd of September, a quiet evening, HHS now announced that because of a substantial surge in the demand, uh, for for and use of MAB treatments, the federal government would make changes to help promote optimal. That's federal government's the best about this, mm -hmm. guys. Optimal and equitable use. Optimal and equitable use of the available supply of monoclonal antibodies. Okay, we have so to make sure that it's optimal and equitable. So you'll have to get it at an HHS approved location, and they're going to be basically restricting the supply. So they can make sure that they can promote the optimal and equitable use this of the treatment. So ridiculous. <laughs> um, HHS acted to temporarily limit immediate orders and shipments of MAD treatments only to administration sites with HHS protect accounts and current utilization reporting. The agency also announced that it would review all orders by doctors for alignment with utilization as if people don't know what to do. So they have to decide how it's going to be divvied out. Alignment with utilization. And also for approval. Like, mm -hmm. like you don't know. It's a doctor. What you're doing. Yeah. My good God in heaven. In a statement to the blaze, Roy slammed the Biden administration for impeding on providers ability to best serve their patients. How do you slam an entire administration? It's a pretty strong guy. Yeah. Yeah. Is that like, I just think of like WWE, mm -hmm. WWF back in my day. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Grabbed them and he, he threw them fakely down onto the ring. Roy said the last thing HHS should be doing is impeding on providers' ability to best serve their patients, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. It's like they don't want people to get better. Isn't this so this interesting? Is, this is where, you know, this is why it's so easy to get to those vaccine conspiracies. Yeah. It, 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 they make it so easy. It's if they want this to happen. Like you have this treatment that is working that, that everyone thinks works. 
even Fauci all the way to Ron DeSantis think that this is beneficial for people who have COVID or worried they're going to get COVID. I saw that they were giving it to people who's, uh, who's people who they lived with, whoever it was. If you live with someone who's got COVID, then you can do these infusions to help protect you as well. And, and they decide that they're going to limit it, like how they were limiting who could do tests in the beginning. It's, it's, as if it, it's as if the only priority is, for, is to push the vaccine. That's it. It's not to make people safer. It's not to make less people die. It's to make sure that everyone gets the vaccine. That's what it is. It doesn't matter what else could actually save people's lives. You're literally talking about something that they all agree could save people's lives. And they're just going to limit it and, they're, and make sure that they can give it out equitable, equitably to, to all the people. Just like they shut down ivermectin and any other kind of treatment you could do. Mm-hmm. It's only the vaccine. And I, you know, I don't know if ivermectin works for sure. I don't either. I have no idea, but you should be able to take it. Uh, you should be, and you can get a doctor to write a prescription for it. You should be able to take it. We shouldn't be talking. It's, it shouldn't be the job of the FDA to even decide the efficacy of something. They should decide the safety of a drug. If it's safe for people to take it, or if it is well known what the side effects of the drug are, then people should be able to take it. Just whatever it is. If you want to take... If you want to take freaking Ambien to try and get yourself away from COVID, then, I mean, if you can get prescribed for Ambien, maybe that's a little bit heavier. That one is. But you should be able to still. Yeah. You should still be able to. I wouldn't recommend it because you'll get hooked on it and you won't be able to sleep afterwards. Tell you the truth. That's what's going to happen. But um, it, it shouldn't matter the efficacy. Let the people try the efficacy, especially when there's studies showing that it does work. If it's not dangerous, if, even if it is dangerous. Yeah. If, if people know it's dangerous, they should be able to do it. And my old buddy Chip, his uh, legs bother him, but the dogs are always bothering him with it. Old buddy Chip ends it right here with a nice with a nice thing here. He says that the federal government should not be in the business of dictating health care. Mm. The American people deserve answers on why and under which authority HHS made this decision. Um, and they said, I hereby invested in me the sole authority and purpose and will thereof to stop your antibody treatments. We're really seeing that the uh, that these agencies, maybe not such a great idea, just overall, not hmm. a great idea. Hmm. Maybe the reason that they weren't all in the Constitution, possibly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I really hope some people wake up to this that uh, that have been totally fine with, oh, we need that. We need that agency. That's uh, that's how we keep people safe. Or we need that agency. That's how we keep people safe. And then they say that a thousand more times. They're actually killing all people, those. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. A that's, lot of them that's do. That's the real story. Is we shouldn't have seven hundred thousand COVID deaths. Uh, that's true. It, it, because <clears throat> what they've done through all of their regulations and rules is, and, and you know, the governments don't prepare for this. By the way, they never prepare for something like this. Okay, because they have the power and the control, right? Another great example of this is Katrina in 2005. They didn't prepare for a big, a once in a 100 year storm. Why? Because they don't have to. Because when things happen, they don't have to take in responsibility. They just pass the buck off to somebody else, right? They're not really worried they, about the people they are, sir, their customers are forced to give them money. So exactly. They, they, don't, they don't need to worry about that. Yes. The, F, the FDA keeping drugs off the market that could potentially help people. Uh, the fact that they won't approve 
so many companies that have developed cheap at-home testing kits for COVID. I'll keep harping on that one. Literally, I... A year ago, still they won't. Still, these companies are out there saying, "Hey, we can do thirty million test kits a month out here. They're like five dollars a piece, and if you could just have something at home before you went to see your grandma, before you went to see your mom, or whoever it was, before you went to a concert, and you could just take a quick test to see if maybe you were infected. You're not sick or whatever, but you could infect other people. Wouldn't that help people's decision making just a little bit? Not everyone would do it, but a lot of people would do it." They're literally killing people. And what bothers me is they're literally killing people. But then we have other people making stupid, terrible arguments about how if you don't want the government to do this, then you're literally a murderer. I got a dumb tweet for Friday that says that uh, the Republicans have killed 660,000 people. They're literally a bunch of murderers. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Come on, When you look at all of these agencies, the FDA, which by the way, we had the vaccine uh, before the outbreak really even started in America, sure, uh, we had the vaccine in January from Moderna that could have been started to be mass produced and people could have taken it if they wanted to. Now, it, pr- it was still really quick, I would say. I mean, they. Did. I mean, like I'm saying, I, I probably wouldn't have taken it <clears throat> back then because it was brand new. But but the people could have had the option. Okay, then you had the CDC come out and say uh, you should wear a mask, and then they said you shouldn't wear a mask, and then they said. Uh, you should wear a bandana or a t-shirt and then they say you should wear a mask and then seven masks and then they changed all the protocols for healthcare workers and then the fda has given emergency use authorization to certain people but not other people the federal government's taking over ventilators and stacking this up and be like we didn't have the the, our federal coffers didn't have enough ventilators and we're uh, building them now we're doing this and now we're going to give some to china and we're going to do this and now you have the uh, hhs deciding what who can and cannot take antibody treatments. It's unbelievable that we allow this garbage to happen. And and you guys, all of you, keep voting in the same people doing the same things over and over and over again. Not, is, not the people listening to this show. I, I'm just saying y'all in general. Everyone else. Yes. Except for us. We're <laughs> the only two people absolved from this it, responsibility. It, it, but, but it just blows my mind. That we're just, which is the definition of insanity, right? You're just it's, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. It's it's pretty insane. I do agree uh, with that. Um, I was going to say one more thing. Are you still in PRPO, by the no, way? No, but oh, okay. I am I still just, mad about PRPO. Okay. For sure. Um, that I can't remember what month it was, but I would, you know, the other thing is I was so excited when I saw that the, their, I, when I saw their news that they had these COVID tests that were going to be so cheap and they could produce so many of them. I was like, this is a good thing. So many people are going to be, be able to have these tests at home. Before you go around people, you can take the test. I was excited about it. Still don't have freaking approval. This is over a year ago. They, they're not approved. Why can't they sell their COVID tests? Please, someone tell me. Oh, my gosh. Because their name's not Abbott. The Biden COVID team is officially saying that the vaccine efficacy is waning. And they're using an, unplub- an unpublished study from Israel to come out with that information. Can anyone guess why I'm annoyed by that? So for their argument for the fact that we need to go the booster shots, uh, they're using this unpublished data from Israel that's supposed to be published by next week sometime. Because they won't use the actual published data from Israel for other things. Because they ignore the data they don't like, like the one that says that your natural immunity could be very strong. But here's another unpublished study from Israel that says that the vaccine efficacy is waning and that we need to do booster shots 
And they're going to pay attention to that one because it says a new round of things that they're going to have to mandate on people. Even though it's still a study from the same country looking at the same people using the same nationalized healthcare system and all of their data. It's so annoying, man. And we also, we told you guys at the beginning, COVID's never going away. All right. Like this, no. this thing's going to be around for a while. The other annoying and thing. Every, we're going to have to take a shot every single year. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do it for the flu or yep. some people do. I've had one in the last 12 or so years. Um, hey, that's a pretty good graphic, right? I like Sam's that. coming in was a, good, a good one. one. He um, said, uh, the most impressive thing about COVID is how it turned a systemically racist patriarchy into a trustworthy government who cannot be questioned. I know it Isn't is very that impressive. impressive. That's what annoys me so much about the left. And there, you know, people on the right annoy me too, but more so on the left only because they're they're They have so many logical inconsistencies that I just, it, it just blows my mind. I can't comprehend i get frustrated in my own brain trying to figure out when people flip-flop back and forth so much how do they like how do they sleep at night it's subjectivity there's no they must be on ambien there's no you see we think on objective grounds about things and if there's a principle for something like don't hurt people don't take their stuff or self-ownership then that principle applies all the time you can't decide when it doesn't apply because then it never applies, depending on who wants to take that away from you. So you got to have that unifying principle. People on the left don't have that. They have f- feelings. feelings. Yeah. <laughs> we said it at the same they have time. Feelings about things. I feel that I that we should do this right now, and I feel <laughs> that we shouldn't do this right now. There's never a principle. It's whoever feels the worst or the strongest, the saddest or the most angry about whatever it is, and then that's. That is who is going to be in control. Those are the rights that will be taken from you or given to you. People don't have rights other than what you have given them. And it's a really it's a really destructive ideology. The right's not exactly innocent on this whole front either, because they do still decide when people do have the right to their life, whether or not you want to put bad things in your body or or not. There's all sorts of stuff like that, more on the cultural side of things. And so both both of the main sides of the argument have been uh, being very subjective about the liberties that people have for a long time. And and now when objective people come out here and we say, hey, there's a there's one principle, self-ownership. OK, that's what it is. You own yourself. And uh, everyone else has that right also. They also own themselves. And then let's build everything off of that. Everyone's heads just explode because that means sometimes they don't get to control what people are doing. It really scares the heck out of them. And with them, a, a bigger, stronger government means that people are, are going to be safer. The bigger it gets, the, the safer you are. And uh, that's what we're really fighting against right now. I know Charlie's got to go, so we're going to get out of here. Well, let's cover this real quick, and then i got to go. Oh, I really just gave the... Uh, well, I, it's, well I wanted to read one part right here, okay. which is the Biden administration has long relied on data from Israel, which is which has one of the highest vaccination rates in the world in the world to inform its COVID-19 response, except for data that doesn't back what they want to do. Ex- yeah, except That's a- <laughs> if the data says that the vaccine companies need to sell booster shots to everyone, then they like that data from Israel. If the data says that people who have been previously infected with COVID-19 don't have to get the vaccine because they've already got immunity, then they don't like that data from Israel. It's extremely annoying. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And that is, once again, this is where all the vaccine conspiracy comes in because there seems to be one goal that they have. The goal should be that uh, the least amount of people die as possible. 
there's your goal. Here's our goal as a government. Least amount of people die as possible. That's what it is. So you should have just said that. Yeah, least amount of people die as possible. Yeah. You know, <laughs> scarce environmental <laughs> manageable. Uh, so that is that is what their goal should be. So you could let people do the monoclonal antibodies thing. You could do that. Uh, you could say, oh, well, I want people to get vaccinated. Oh, that person's got natural immunity. That's just like having a vaccine. So I'm not going to force them to do anything right now. I need to move on to someone else. So I'm going to try and have the least amount of people die as possible. He already had the pox. He already had it. And my goal is to make the least amount of people die. Their goal is not that. Their goal is to get the most amount of people to get a product from a vaccine manufacturing company. That's what I see right now. Yeah. That's all it is. You're just a conspiracy theorist. I'm a conspiracy theorist, but all I see from them is that their goal is to get as many people to buy a product with their tax dollars from a drug company as they possibly can. Well, That's thanks all I see. for your questioning. Now, uh, Nate, Alex Jones, Jr. Thurston, <clears throat> we really appreciate that. And, uh, we, you know, we always... Appreciate all the questions. Uh, Fauci did say that two years ago, by the way. I heard that clip circulating. I was in 2019. He was out there talking about not giving in to hysteria on things and um, just knowing that being healthy was the most important thing uh, that everyone should do. That was a couple of years ago. I can't remember what exactly they were talking about. Hmm. Anyway. All right. Well, if you guys enjoyed today's show, and I know that you did, then please continue to share it around. Share it with some loved ones, with some enemies and the children, friends, foes, and children. Those are the three people you should share it with. Also, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, five stars, because it's worth it. I'm going to go check those out here pretty soon. There better be a flood of them. I'm telling you, I got on to you guys the other day about how many people listen to the show and how few reviews are comparatively. So you better go leave some Rat meow. All right. And uh, if you do all of those things, then we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning. Liberty.